I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Apologies accepted. The podcast. The podcast. I'm not Juliet. <laughs> and I'm not Theo. And we're here to bring you miles of joy. Miles of joy? <laughs> I don't know how you weigh joy. Could it be pounds? Ounces? Miles? Tons. Tons, tons of, joy. of joy. Limitless. Okay, tons of joy. Infinite yeah, supplies of joy. Unending yeah. joy from our podcast. And what are we talking about today? If you, oh, wait, first, let's check in. How are you doing? Oh, okay, great. Yes, because uh, so everybody, we took a break. And as you can tell, we're remembering that we have a podcast and how it goes. Yeah, how does this work? How does this work? Uh, so we're doing Robert the Doll, and I'm really excited to get into that. And Yay! for the week, it's been a very fine week, very relaxing. Um, oh, look who got a haircut. I had a haircut, part of the reason <laughs> why it was so relaxing. And oh, nice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so being vaccinated, it's kind of like getting back into reality a bit. So we had a dinner party um, for people. I mean, is that really a dinner party? Nice. Uh, and it was really just two other people, so there were four of us total. Um, but yeah, it was great. And you know, they're vaccinated, and and we sort of know each. I mean, we know each other's social circles, etc. So I know they're not like crazy out there hugging and kissing people left and right. So, yeah, it was it was just it was like a nice return to to normality, and uh, and I saw Nomadland, which oh, I'm how was it? Very what did you think? Excited about that? I saw it. Um, a couple of thoughts. So my first one is that Frances Mc. Oh God! I oh, thank you. I always know her name, and then I always say it wrong. So Frances Mc. I. Dorman. <laughs> okay Frances McDormand right is a great actress and I will fight anybody that calls her Meryl Streep's TV what or yeah TV's Meryl Streep that's it what well there are people out there that that say that like she's the poor man's Meryl Streep that's insane she's her own self she's got nothing to do with Meryl Streep I think she's phenomenal, and she's she did such Meryl a great Street. job in this. Well, no, but she did so. a great. No, you don't. She did. Yes, I su- do. No, you don't. She did. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the podcast. <laughs> I could keep it up all day long. I It'd mean, be just as entertaining as a regular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> More so, because I will win. Um, let's see. So yeah, no, you won't. it was okay. You win. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it's very bleak. Um, it's, it's very, very well crafted. It's, uh, it drew me in. It's very slowly paced. So, but she's just such a wonderful person to watch on the screen. And by the end of it, I really felt 
bad for some of my knee-jerk East Coast liberal, uh, you know, sort of elitism attitudes that I really? will cough up every now. Yeah, um, I, I'm not going to say like, oh, suddenly I understand Trump supporters or all that sort of sort of nonsense um, because I don't. Uh, okay, but I would say that like. I have a better emotional connection to segments of American society that I might not have ever really connected to on my own. I just would have been like, like, I should watch it. You don't know what a latte is. Therefore, I can't know anything about you. Um, Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, not literal everybody, but you know, you get my point. Um, It, it was just beautiful right i know plenty of people who hated it um yeah yeah it was kind of of long and i think i might have fast forwarded for a few minutes in there like okay she's just gonna spend the next 15 minutes driving through the desert looking out the window we can like all right i get it i get it i get it but um beautiful when she's on the screen it's just it's gorgeous so anyway um good Yes, Ed. How about you? Speaking of driving through the desert, I drove through the desert for like more how than I set that minutes. up for you. Yeah, thank you. Very clever. Um, I uh, we didn't do our show last week because I was driving through the desert uh, on my way to Arizona, where I have a little place, um, very little. It's a shack um, where I come out sometimes and just hang out. And I'm hanging out there right now, which is really great. Um, this is where I had my kitchen redone, and it finally is finished. Hooray. That took six months to finish. And it is the simplest kitchen you could possibly imagine, literally. The simplest, smallest kitchen that it could possibly ever exist. And it's very cute now. It's it's very nice. It's white, and it has white stuff in it. And it will one day have a disco ball hanging from the ceiling, which my contractor laughed at, and a bee also hanging from the wall near the ceiling, which um, is totally ripped off of the picture that Theo found for me when I was looking for kitchen ideas. It was a white kitchen that had a disco ball hanging from the ceiling and a fly hanging on the wall, but I don't want dirty flies in my kitchen, so a bee is perfect. And I found the perfect bee on Pottery Barn, and I got it cheap on Amazon, and I'm very happy, except that it's not hanging yet. So there we go. Yeah, if only there was a way that you could attach it to the wall, but, you know. I, I can't think of any. There's none that you could ever do. Just... I mean, my contractor could, but I don't know how to do that kind of thing. It's just, it's it's beyond my skills. I went to college, but they didn't teach me how to hang things on the walls. Which if they had, it would have been very valuable. Your so. life would have been so different. My life would have been so different. I would have managed to hang things on walls. <laughs> so many pictures hung on the wall. Instead of making my boyfriend hang them, which is how it usually goes. But um, so, so that's how I fall into sexist stereotypes. Um, also, I saw <laughs> I saw a movie too, which is news because I haven't had the attention span during the the pandemic to watch a movie really. But I saw a movie called Fear of Rain, which is about a girl who a young girl in high school who uh, has is schizophrenia, and her name is Rain. And yeah, it's kind of dumb, but she isn't sure what she sees is real. And these things happen around her and she doesn't know if they're real or not. And there's a story about, she thinks she sees a kidnapped kid and, you know, is it real? Is her friend real? Is her mother real? Is her father real? Is anything real? Who knows? Um, It is a very lightly entertaining film. And I really liked the girl who played Rain. She was very compelling. She, She was very cute and adorable and 
a good actress, I think. And I think she'll probably go on to make more movies. I have no idea what her name is. But um, I, would I recommend the movie? I mean, I'd give it a B minus. So if you're up B for a minus. B minus movie, isn't that, that's not bad, is it? If you're me, it is. Yeah, because the well, only acceptable grade is A, and that's barely. It what would be you give Nomadland? I'm, I, mm, that's tough, right? Like a B minus. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. Like an A minus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But strong Fair. A for on for many things. But I mean, overall, um, it, it was a bit long. Well, Francis McDormand was not in Fear of Rain, so I can't give it an A. But I can't give it a B minus. So that's that's I'm sticking with my story there. Fair enough. Um, Their casting but, director gets a B minus. Yeah. Uh, no, the casting director gets an A. The movie gets a B minus. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. the, the girl is good, even though she's not Frances McDormand. So that is all that has happened to me. I went to the dump. That was exciting. I took some trash to the dump. Because there's no trash delivery. Trash delivery. Trash pickup service. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix that. I'll be right over. <laughs> hey, there's I'm no trash here. pickup service here. Yeah. Ha uh, um, so I went to the dump to take some trash, and that was very exciting because I got some stuff out of the house that I've been what, needing to get rid of for years, like old dishware that no one uses, stuff like that. So they're very exciting. Anyway, that's it. So do you have to go to the to the dump like once a week to throw away garbage? Yes. Or do you just... Yes. And it's $5 every time. It used to be like $1.50, but that was many years ago. All right. This question is important because my grandfather yeah. was a garbage man, and yeah. uh, he went to the dump and dumped Garbage, garbage, right? Uh, yeah. And he had a small business where he went around. He, he went around. He <laughs> went around town. It's hard for me to say. Uh, and collected people's uh, trash. And it's a business trash, that he yeah. uh, took over from his father, right? And then none yeah. of his kids wanted to be in the business, and he sold it. And fine. So, um, anyways, the whole thing is that um, people in town would go out to the dump to crawl through and find like free furniture and free antiques yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So is it that kind of dump? Probably. It's, it's kind of dump. You, if you were going to get stuff from the dump, you'd have to go like right when it was dumped because they shovel it under the dirt pretty quick. So it's like a big mountain of trash and dirt and they shovel the trash into the dirt and then pile more trash on top of it and then shovel that under the dirt. So it's not like you can go and look around through years of of trash and furniture and stuff because it's all under the dirt. Okay, no, I'm not going there now. now, now no, so I'm, I'm only going to come visit you. I won't come visit you and the dump. Okay. I'm really excited. <laughs> There's really nothing else to visit here but me, and that's really not such a great draw in and of itself. So <laughs> I disagree. Hey, speaking of which, when are you guys going to Palm Springs? Do no you know? idea. No, okay. some sometime. Okay hopefully yeah. soonish okay. but uh let's see here so let's let's move on to robert the doll okay cool yes because because uh, i'm ready because i i'm excited to hear your thoughts because this um i mean you know it's a haunted doll yeah what is there to say right yeah is it scary? Is it not scary? Do you believe in ghosts? But then, you know, that's sort of like that that conversation can go down many different paths. Um, and I hope it does. It better, because otherwise <laughs> there's, there's, no point to this, there's be no point to this podcast. 
Yeah. Um, so, yes, we're talking about Robert the Doll. And Robert the Doll lives at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Uh, he belonged to a gentleman called Robert Eugene Otto, who uh, called himself Gene. And Gene was an artist. And uh, Robert is about three feet tall and wears a sailor suit that was probably worn by Gene when Gene was uh, Robert's age. Um, how would you describe Robert? Mm, nice try, Juliet, but I am not <laughs> going to fall into that trap. Because here's the thing about Robert the doll. Anyone that says anything negative about Robert or makes fun of Robert or disrespects Robert gets cursed with bad luck. So I would describe Robert the doll as a doll. Dapper, handsome, <laughs> extremely attractive. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll say this, right? Um, I'd heard of Robert the Doll, however, whenever, years ago. Had you? Right? Huh. Tattoo? I said, had you? Oh, had I? I was like, tattoo? Yes. No. <laughs> Why would I? Um, and uh, the minute I heard the name, I was terrified. It just oh, really? sounded Robert scary. The doll? Yeah, because Yikes. it's a boy's name attached to a girl's object. Interesting. Right? Uh, I think it's just <laughs> set up that way to be. Huh. Uh, my brain apparently is very triggered by, by things like that. So, um, huh. Robert the doll. Whoa. Yeah. I so think Gwendolyn the doll. I mean, when I cared, right? You'd be like whatever regular doll. Right, but yeah. Robert. So I was going to say, Atlas Obscura describes Robert for us, so we don't have to do it. And they said, um, ostensibly a little boy in a sailor suit, his careworn face is only vaguely human. His nub of a nose looks like a pair of pinholes. He is covered in brown nicks like scars. His eyes are beady and black. He wears a malevolent smirk. Clasped in his lap, he's holding his own toy, a dog with garish popping eyes and a too big tongue rolling crazily out of his mouth. At this point, I have to say, it's not a dog. It's a lion, and his name is Leo. Right. Yes. And so, goodbye, and Atlas sure Obscura. Right. Nice knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been around a while. Have you ever read their site? It's kind of cool. Uh, not. I've heard of it, but not until the Robert the Doll episode oh, okay. where I was like, yeah. oh, all right, here it is. Check it out. See what they recommend in Austin for people to go visit. Uh, places you probably already know all about, I'm sure. Um, so Robert was made by Steiff, who produced the first teddy bear after Theodore Roosevelt. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, but he was purchased by Jean's grandfather on a trip to Germany in 1904 and was given to Jean as a birthday gift. And a Steiff historian told the museum that Robert was probably part of a set made for a window display consisting of clowns or jesters, which to me is extra scary. Uh, yes. Clowns are scary, don't you think? Clowns are terrifying, and they have never been cool. Sorry, everybody that likes clowns. Remember in 2016 or whatever when all those people were walking around dressed as clowns in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, and all I can say is that's a great way to get shot to death. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anybody that's dress true. up like a, like a clown and then hang out at the edge of a forest right? Trying to scare kids or create some mythology or something, right? Whatever. Uh, you're just going to get murdered. Not even murdered. You you're going to get rightfully and legally killed. No jury you should not be dressed you. in a clown outfit. <laughs> so uh, Gene gave Robert his own first name, um, which was Robert. So Robert was named Robert Eugene Otto. And he took the doll everywhere and talked about it like it was a living person. And he blamed bad things that happened on Robert, right? Right. 
some questionably reliable sources <laughs> claim that <laughs> household objects would be thrown across the room, Gene's toys turned up mutilated, and giggling could be heard. Whenever these acts took place, Gene always said Robert did it. Which, in yes. a way, right? This is, I, I will see where we land with this, but I find it yeah. really interesting that the little boy Robert gave his doll the name Robert. And yeah. then at that same point said, Robert, the doll, wants to have the name Robert. So right. I am going to go by my middle name, which is Gene, which is what Eugene Otto, Robert Eugene Otto, did for the rest of his life. He was Gene Otto forevermore. Um, and so when you've got a kid saying, Robert did it. Yeah, he's referencing the doll, but he, yeah, Robert did it. Robert himself did it. Robert threw the furniture around and then blamed Robert the doll. Robert the doll. You mean Gene did it? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I get confused when I was writing this. I kept getting confused as to who was Robert and who was Gene. Um, so Robert lived in Key West um, at the at the Otto family home when Gene went to New York and Paris to study. And then Gene got married in 1930 and came back to live in the family home with Robert. And he built a separate room for Robert because his wife didn't like Robert and he put him in the window and there would be like people walking by outside, like school kids and stuff. They would say that they saw the doll move like from window to window or adjust its position or something like that. Which I mean, you know, number one, if you see a doll sitting in a window, that's kind of creepy already. Right? Totally. And if you're a kid, of course the doll's going to move. And totally, maybe the totally. family did move the doll Moved for fun. The doll. Or yeah. maybe cleaners moved the doll, right? Right. Or maybe Gene moved the doll because he was felt like the doll was bored in some, you know. So, you know, I would say the question there is, did the doll move on a daily basis or was it minute by minute? Did people see the dolls like, he's in upstairs. Now he's gone downstairs. Now he's at the door. Yeah. We don't know the answer, sadly. I this know the mystery answer. will never be solved. You do? <laughs> I do. The <laughs> doll the didn't move. People I don't know. Dumb. Be careful what you say. Oh, well, um, okay, you're right. <laughs> so when Gene died, a woman named Myrtle Reuter bought the house and inherited Robert somehow. Um, and people who came to visit would claim that they heard giggling and footsteps in Robert's attic room. So I guess she kept his room. And then later the house was sold to somebody who made it into a bed and breakfast, which is called the artist house, where you can now stay in that very same attic room, if you like. And Robert was donated to the 40s Martello Museum in 1994. So he's in a glass box now in the Martello Museum. And there's a legend that has grown around Robert saying that if you take his picture without asking permission, bad luck will come to you unless you then apologize to the doll. If permission is not granted, Robert will tilt his head. So I guess if he doesn't do anything, you can assume that it's okay to take his picture. I mean, hi, if the doll is tilting its head. I mean, right? It's great. Who wouldn't have that on video? Yeah, I'm not going to be worried about taking a picture of the doll at that point. <laughs> I'm worried about my soul. <laughs> and about a thousand other people are with you there they've written asking forgiveness from robert and the walls around his glass case are covered in letters from previous visitors who feel that they're by taking his picture without asking their permission um they've brought a curse down upon themselves yes yep, yep. so let's see um before we talk about the apologies do we have any more to say about robert and oh his, i have a uh, ton more i have so much more it. yes because um 
let's see here. I, uh, I started off with, I'm the biggest chicken on the planet. I am absolutely terrified of ghosts, but at the same time I was raised to be, I don't want to say skeptical because that's not my, it's not my go-to, but, um, in my family, sort of the, the, the way we were brought up was you can believe in anything you want to believe in until it starts costing you money. Then it's time to start looking at your belief system. Right. Um, so I mean, Hey, fair enough. Right. You want to believe in fairies in the, in the garden? Fantastic. You have to spend 20 bucks a week to feed the fairies. Time to start talking about one of the fairies are really, that's you know, pretty smart donuts. actually, because that like prevents you from falling into these sketchy religions where you have to give 20% of your income. Uh, or falling for anything like somebody that loves you says they love you and you just met them on the bus five minutes ago, but like, all right, they need 50 bucks. I'm, here yeah. you go. You love me? This happens right. to me all the time. Yeah. Right. Well, this is how I learned this lesson. Um, <laughs> no. So, so again, you could believe in anything, you know, um, skepticism is healthy, but also being polite about other people's beliefs, important, right? So got it. And then um, you may remember this. My godparents owned some uh, bed and breakfasts, plural, uh, in Durham, North Carolina. And so I grew up in and around old houses. Uh, they were always, always, every couple of years, they'd buy some old falling down house and then they'd spend a couple of years fixing it up and then they would sell it. They weren't really flipping it and they weren't really historical preservationist either. Uh -huh. They were sort of like, this is what they did to keep themselves busy. Um, and they owned an antique store. So there were a lot of old objects around the house always. And, you know, that can be spooky if you're a kid to be alone in a big room filled with big pieces of furniture that are dense and heavy and much taller than you are and all that kind of bullshit. Um, and it didn't help that they'd spent a few years in Africa. So there was a lot of like African statuary around the house that's very varying degrees of... Um, what word am I looking for? It's not appropriate. Let's call it accessible to children, right? You can only look at, I'm not even going to say it. Um, so yeah, we'll just say that some of the statues were very realistic and very excited. Um, I see. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay. So, so all of that, right. And then, um, part of the reason that my godparents went into, it's a long story about me, went into B and B's is, um, they had a lot of people that would come and visit them. There was always somebody in the house, somebody always coming through the house. And um, uh, my godfather had been a professor. So there were a lot of academics coming down. And it, mm -hmm. the joke used to be, oh, my gosh, we should start charging people to stay here. Right. Uh -huh. um, it was notable when there wasn't someone in the house. And it was cool as a kid. Right. Yeah. Um, but also then kind of not cool because the conversations could get really dry and boring and um, but I mean, whatever. So one of their friends was J.B. Ryan, who uh, was who founded the Parapsychological Research Center uh, at Duke University, right? Yeah. And he's the guy that air quotes around invented invented yeah. the um, psychic cards, where it's like wavy line oh, triangle yeah. square. Yeah. Sure. So everybody knows those cards, and like, how psychic are you? Did you get twenty five percent of them right? Because moron, yeah. that's the number you should be getting right. Right. Yeah. Um, so cool. And this was around the time that the Amityville horror movie had been released. So 
Dr. Ryan was friendly with my godfather. They were not friends, right? But uh, he needed somebody to hold on to a mirror and a chair because apparently the mirror and the chair were haunted and the two women that owned it, mother and daughter who owned the, the call them objects, artifacts, whatever, uh, claimed that they saw a pig, right? Well, hi, the Amityville Horror is all centered around a little girl's relationship with a pig, which is, of course, the devil, oh. right? And so, oh. oh, surprise, these women saw a pig when they got oh. these two haunted. I don't know how they got the objects, right? So what Dr. Ryan wanted to see, I don't know what he was really testing for or what he wanted to see, but he asked my godfather, um, hey, would you hold on to these and just hold on to them <laughs> for the weekend? And let me uh -huh. know if you see anything or if you hear anything, right? Now, that that's a perfect setup for I'm testing to see how suggestible you are. Right. Right. Or I'm testing to see if if Satan will be drawn to you. Right? Yeah. Either end of the spectrum, right? Or, right. I really don't like you. Here's this devil chair. Yeah, mirror. here's this. <laughs> put this. So Frank put them in the study, um, which is where my bathroom was. So I had to walk from the pointing up to the sky like anybody can see my finger. <laughs> I had to walk from up in the sky. I had to walk from the second floor bedroom downstairs in the dark through an old Victorian house that creaked, and I'll say wailed, right? Through the study, which was big and had lots of books and dark, right? And I had to walk past this chair and this mirror to go to the bathroom like at two o'clock in the morning or whatever, right? And I remember laying in bed terrified for like, I was probably 14 years old, terrified of having to go downstairs to pee and just like waiting for morning, but it wasn't going to happen. And so, yeah. And the whole time I walked through there, I had like my eyes shut and I was feeling yeah. my way because I was yeah. not going to see the pig, even though we sort of had loosely all said like, I mean, of course they saw a pig. That's what's in popular culture at the moment. So uh, you know, this, is, this, is, this is silly. This is ridiculous. And nothing happened to me. But I am a giant chicken. So a giant chicken slash healthy skeptic. Okay. So all of that said, why are dolls? I know, right? It was a terrifying journey that with me terrifying. while I went to go I didn't pee. know about that. Um, I probably didn't see the need to tell people. Probably not. How, yeah. how big a chicken I am. <laughs> What a terrible thing to do to a kid. Well, that was okay, right. But I mean, you know, in, in, in fairness to them, they didn't do it to me. Well, <laughs> but you were there and they were taking care of you. So they had responsibility for you. So I think they were doing it to you. Okay, fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> they should have put it somewhere else. Oh, well, whatever. Right. Well, I'm not going to litigate this thing that happened 40 years ago. Let's call them after this and then okay. be on my okay. side. Yeah, it'll I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> um, okay. So, so sure. Dolls are scary. Clowns are scary. Why are we scared of dolls? So, um, Dr. Margie Kerr, who's a sociologist who specializes in fear, says that while <laughs> our childhood experiences with dolls may have been a source of joy and comfort, seeing dolls out of context can freak yeah. us out. They're sort of like the ultimate betrayal of innocence. Uh, huh. And so this is her quote. Fear can be understood as a measure of the distance between what we expect and what we experience. And if a doll is too lifelike and our brain can't figure out if it's human or a toy, that can generate a powerful sense of unease. 
This dissonance turns to fear as the doll moves further away from what we expect. The object that brought joy and comfort now trying to kill us. Right? So, fair, yeah. Ah! (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So, Robert the doll. This is what what I uncovered and largely everything you said is exactly everything that's there. Um, Flushing out a couple of details and correcting one myth. Yes. So um, Robert the doll was given to Robert the boy in 1904. Robert was born in 1900. And when he was four years old, um, the, the myth is that it was a gift from his grandfather, or a Bahamian maid who practiced voodoo, uh, and this the myth story, <laughs> which goes, is more likely, which is more yeah. likely. <laughs> I mean, you know, all black Bahamian maids practice voodoo, so sure. yeah, right. There's no there's no racist stereotyping going on here at all. Not um, at all. Not well, not for a second. Um, yikes. So. Uh, Let's see. We'll skip all over all that because it's just, it's like, it's silly, right? Um, It turns out that um, Gene's, we're going to stick with Robert the doll and Gene the artist, right? The boy, Gene the boy. So Gene's mother went to Germany in 1904 and came back to Key West in September. It seems very likely that she brought the doll with her as a gift for her son, right? Um, so we know what year he got it and we know who manufactured the doll being the Stife company. Um, there's some, this idea that his grandfather, Dr. Otto gave him the doll, um, proves to be incorrect as he died in 1885, nine year before Robert died, before Robert died. No death, 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 die, die, die. No, Robert was born. Gene <laughs> um, was born. Yes. Robert was born in, uh, it, Okay, I got real excited about death and dying, and I've absolutely <laughs> forgotten everything and even lost my place on the page. Um, so, Dr. Otto dies in 1885, and nine years later, Gene uh, is born. I'm having a real hard time not calling him Robert, and I don't I know, know why. I did too. Yeah. Um, okay, so Gene has a normal child relationship with his doll, and uh, then these rumors start that the doll's talking and uh, that Gene is being tormented by the doll, but at the same time takes the doll everywhere with him. Um, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Why would you take the Not doll with all. you everywhere if it was tormenting you? That's what well, I don't get. the doll's forcing you to, if it's like I guess. Stockholm Syndrome. Maybe. Right. Um, it wants to see the world. Now, we are going to respectfully submit that Robert yes. the doll um, came from Germany. So, yeah, he probably did want to get out and see some of Key West. Um, all right. So yeah. I want to go to Key West really badly. I like Key West and I've done the ghost tour. Um, have you? Was it I fun? Have. Did you see Robert? No, we didn't see Robert. Um and we didn't see anything, but we walked past a lot of houses that were haunted. And I had like, I think a margarita. It was fun. I nice. enjoyed it. You know, it was, it I was totally a, want a margarita. Good little stories about like the local Key West community and yeah. kind of um, how insular and tight it is. So in uh, Key West, the well. locals uh, refer to refer to like the rumor mill as um, the coconut connection. I think they call it. <laughs> 
right? Okay. Yeah, the Coconut Telegraph, Coconut Connection. Okay. Um, so lots of rumors going around that town uh, amongst the locals, and that's how a lot of this, a lot of these facts sort of get twisted into a oh, ghost story. Um, so Gene grows up, he's an artist and he goes to Paris. He meets his wife, Annette there, and they get married in 1930 in Paris. She's a musician. Uh, she's performed at Rockefeller center. She was an accomplished Hmm. pianist. Uh, they moved back to Key West though. And then Anne spent the rest of her life, uh, focused on domesticity, right? And Jean died in 1974, and that's when Myrtle bought the house. Jean the the doll? No, Robert the doll was left in the house. And Uh at various times throughout Robert's life, existence, what words do I want to use for for Robert the doll? Um, Oh, gosh, good question. Let's use his existence. Let's use his life. Sure. 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 Life. So throughout Robert's life, he's been locked in a trunk. So when little Jean went away, story has it that his mother, Minnie, locked Robert the doll in a trunk in the attic. And then when- No wonder he's crabby. Well, I mean, he was just getting out, seeing the world, and then here he is. Yeah, now he's in a trunk. In the trunk. So the goofy part, air quotes around goofy, is that when Gene got back to Key West, right, according to which website you look at, the first thing he did was run upstairs and unlock the doll from the from the trunk. Nice story. He probably was up in the attic looking for stuff and tripped over the doll and brought it out. Um, there are these stories about a tension between... Annette, the wife, and Jean, the husband, and the doll. True or not, I I don't know, right? It feels a lot like it's a good story. Um, yeah. So then Myrtle buys the house in 1974, and Robert's in the house, and somehow she ends up holding on to Robert for the next 20 years. She moved from the... Uh, it's called the artist house now. So she yeah. moved from the house that she bought. Uh, she moved from Jean Otto's boyhood home to a new house on Von Fister Street in 1980. She took the doll with her. And then in 1994, she donated the doll to the Fort East Martello Museum, claiming that the doll moved around on his house and he was haunted. And Myrtle died a few months later, which every website wants to tell you she died a few months later after abandoning <laughs> Robert. She didn't abandon wow. Robert. She gave him a beautiful home uh, where... In a glass box. In a glass box where the world <laughs> now comes to see him. So True. since Robert arrived, visitors have flocked to the museum to get a look at the toy. He has appeared on TV shows. He's had his aura photographed. He's a stop on basically every ghost store that goes through Key West, and he's inspired a horror movie, which is not Chucky the Doll, according to... No, it's Robert. Yeah, there's a couple of Robert the Doll movies. Um, So, Robert the Doll has a Wikipedia entry, which is pretty extensive. Social media accounts. Yeah, he's on Twitter. Hi. And uh, you can buy a Robert the Doll replica, right? So... Where do the doll's powers really come from? Uh, because the whole thing about the mm, the bad luck that he can curse you with has yeah. to do with respect, 
right? If if you disrespect Robert and or take his picture without permission, which form of respect or disrespect, um, yikes. Um, again, so so to get cursed with bad luck, disrespect Robert. Say something bad about Robert the doll. Um, where do his powers come from? So there's this guy named David Sloan, and David Sloan is a parapsychologist slash ghost tour company owner and tour giver. Does who, he have a degree in parapsychology? I don't think so, but um, <laughs> he has a, he has a, quite a bit to say. And typically, I'd be like, oh, okay, fine. But I'm going to say a lot of the uh, research that, that untangled the mythology um, around Robert the Doll comes directly from David Sloan's book. It's title I, I don't have, unfortunately, because I just used a magazine article that I found. Um, so apparently, and then, okay, I'm going to tell this portion of the Robert the Doll story uh, with, with uh, everybody hold on to your bonnets because it's a little, it's potentially a little slanderous, right? Okay, so... And, and maybe I could make it problematic in two seconds if I wanted to. Um, so here, here's what we know. Um, there was a family called the Abbott family, uh, husband and wife who were married, and they were black Bahamians, William Abbott and Emmeline Abbott. William Abbott had been a driver for Gene's granddad, German doctor. So whenever the German doctor was in Key West, uh, William Abbott would drive... Gene's granddad around town, Dr. Otto around town. Um, did I say Dr. Abbott earlier? Because it's Dr. Otto. Okay, yeah. It's A lot of these names with OT, it's just like a brain is like fried because I am actually very worried about getting cursed. Um, so, oh yeah, that remind me to thank you for, uh, for accidentally taking a photo of Robert the doll. Um, okay, so... All right, but yeah, I'm going to forget that part. Let's get back to this, all right? So where, where is it salacious? So the Abbott family, uh, two black people who worked for the Otto family. And when Dr. Otto died in 1885, Gene's dad hired Mr. Abbott to work as a clerk in the family pharmacy. Gene's father, Thomas, was also, um, he was a pharmacist slash I don't know if he was a doctor, um, and maybe they were both one and the same in the 1900s. Um, both of the Abbots, William and Emmeline, are laid to rest in the Otto family plot. Now, a lot of people find this very unusual because they weren't related. They were just uh, people that worked for years and years and years for the Otto family. Uh, but what's, you know, what's Ringing other people's bells is it's a black couple buried in a white family plot in the early 1900s, right? So unusual, problematic. Um, Emmeline's position within the Abbott Otto family uh, friendship is unclear. Was she a nanny? Was she made? Was she employed at all by them? Nobody can really say. Um, but there's a speculation that Jean's dad was having an affair with Emmeline Abbott. Right. And this is the part that I'm like, mm, I, I don't like this part of the story. Right. This mm, mm, just feels a little it's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, oh, it's a black woman. And of course, she has to have sex with a white man. Right. And but um, 
Well, I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of racial tension within this story, this backstory, and because there's not a lot of records, you sort of you bring to these sketchy facts what you want, right? And so I read, a, I won't say I read a lot. I didn't read a lot. I read a couple of things about, oh, they were having an affair. What we do know is that Emmeline did have a child sometime. Who, uh, she had a child and that child died somewhere between 1900 and 1910, right? So what a lot of people want to tell you is that that child was, was Thomas Otto's illegitimate child, and that child died, and that child's soul is attached to Robert the doll, and many psychics have seen a light-skinned black girl, you know, around Robert the doll. Mm, all right. So um, the, there's a goofy thing here, though, that after Thomas Otto, Jean's dad, died in 1917, Emmeline filed a lawsuit against the Ottos, and that case remained sealed. So we don't know why she sued them or what the outcome was, etc. But Emmeline, who is buried in the Otto family plot, sued the Otto family at some point, and, and it's sealed. So love to know what that was about. Um, so, so this... So, you know, what do we have within all of these different Robert the Doll myths? We have a myth about a maid uh, practicing voodoo or doing a voodoo ritual and getting fired by Mrs. Otto, who finds the maid dancing her devil dance around a fire in the backyard, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> And then the maid showing up a couple of days later with a life-size doll she made that when the family doesn't hire her back, she curses the doll. And then they give the doll to their kid and the doll plays and the, the doll plays with <laughs> the kid. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Totally. Of course, it's 100% what happened, right? Um, so, yeah. So, so a lot of nonsense, um, a, a little touches of racism, right? Be that... Uh, uh, fear of black people and black magic voodoo, right? Or be that fear of black people and their sexuality, illegitimate children, affairs, right? Um, don't know why all that has to come up, but but it was out there. Um, but that we're going to say is, is Robert the Doll. What I did find that I found super interesting that's real Right. Uh -huh. Although Robert the doll is a real doll and he does have yes. magical powers that will curse you. And I have a lot of respect sure. for Robert the doll. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Um, <laughs> the Stife. So the doll is a Stife doll. Um, they're pretty sure. And Stife is a company in Germany that was founded in 1880 by a woman uh, named Margaret Stife. Stife. Yes. <laughs> no, <by a> How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> by a woman named Margaret Hernandez. How dare you? Yes, her name was Stife. <laughs> um, she was the third or fourth children. And when she was 18 months old, she fell ill with a high fever. And uh, that resulted in her legs being paralyzed and uh, inability to use her right arm or she could use it, but with limited capacity. Um, she was diagnosed with childhood paralysis. She had a lot of treatments and she saw a lot of doctors and her parents were very upset because, you know, this was the 1800s and a woman was 
going to get married and be supported by a man or not. And if you're, no offense, Margaret Stife, well, yeah. And if you're damaged goods, you're going to get left on the shelf. So, um, so they were worried about how she, how she was ever going to care for herself. Right. But, uh, she was, she had a cheerful disposition and her siblings would put her on a hay cart and take her to school where, uh, she learned reading and writing. And then in spite of the pain, yeah, yeah, good for the kids. Although I wonder if the, if her siblings were putting her on the hay cart to take her to school or if they were putting her on the hay cart, cause it was like, she can't run away. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> or are they being mean? Cause I, yeah. Um, but so she learned, um, she learned how to sew and she became a seamstress. And in 1877, her cousin's husband told her to uh, try and uh, use her skills for her own employment. And she started a clothing business and she sold clothes pretty successfully and household articles. And uh, she was soon able to employ a couple of seamstresses. Uh, let's see here. In the magazine Modenwelt, Modenwelt Fashion World, uh, from December 8th, 1879, Margaret saw a sewing pattern for a small stuffed elephant. So she took that pattern and she made a little tiny elephant pincushion, but kids started playing with the pincushion as toys, and this became a very popular children's toy. In 1890, her cousin's husband, built a house. Oh, I lied. No, it's not her cousin's husband. Um, her brother in 1890, her brother built a house for her with a flat on the first floor designed for disabled people and a small shop. Um, and the house is now on Margaret Steifstrasse. And there is a sign that says, feels feel Varen fabric. I don't know. German. Um, and who cares about all that, except I copied and pasted and that got picked up uh, in 1892. Oh, who cares? So she started making toys, right? And then in, uh, and the toys became really popular and she ended up being able to employ people to work for her. And she had a nephew and her nephew was super creative and he joined her company and he designed a teddy bear. And the teddy bear was very popular. And um, here's where we get the teddy bear. And this part was very confusing to me when I tripped over it, right? So they want to tell you that the origin of the teddy bear comes from the Steiff Company in Germany. And at the same time, every American in the eighth grade can tell you that teddy bears come from Theodore Roosevelt, right? So... Here's, here's how these two threads get crossed. Um, and let's start with why teddy bears and Theodore Roosevelt, right? So Theodore Roosevelt was a huge hunter. And um, although he was a, a conservationist, thank you for the national parks, he led hunting trips, which uh, often resulted in excessive slaughter, including one African trip during which his party killed more than 6,000 animals for Holy sports shit. and trophies. And because he was an American president and, you know, and also a wealthy person on his own right, um, probably this number's accurate enough, right? He killed thousands, right? Um, 
So, however, the idea for the teddy bear likely arose out of one of Roosevelt's more compassionate acts. Now, hold on to your skeptical hat here. Um, reports differ as to the exact details of the inspiration behind the blah, teddy bear, blah. But so basically the story is that uh, he was on a hunting trip somewhere in Mississippi in around 1902. And some of his team tied up an old black bear to a tree for him to kill. But the bear was old, not, not in good health, and he just felt that that would be, Theodore Roosevelt felt that would be unsportsmanlike to kill an old, tired bear that's tied to a tree, right? And so he had the bear released. Now, this, this story ends up in a couple of political cartoons, and some of the cartoonists made the bear a little cuter, than it was, right? <laughs> um, and it turns into this cute little tiny little baby bear, right? I see. Uh, but the idea here, of course, is that Theodore Roosevelt is this rugged outdoorsman who's like macho, 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 uh, but a soft spot for this bear, oh, right? But it was a way of disparaging bear. Theodore Roosevelt, not saying he's I so see. great, but saying like, look I at that see. feminine president. Yeah. Um, right. So anyway, a guy named Morris Mictum or Mitch Tome, not sure of his pronunciation, uh, saw the political cartoon and he was inspired to create a teddy bear. So he created a tiny soft little bear cub and he put it in his toy store window with a sign that said Teddy's bear. Right. And then he sent one of the bears to Roosevelt and said, Hey, do I have permission to use your name? And Roosevelt Sure, right? I don't know if actually Roosevelt ever replied to that or not, but we do know that Mitchum sent uh, President Roosevelt a bear and said, I'd like to use your name and call this Teddy's Bear, right? So around that same time in Germany, our friend the Stife family, uh, Richard Stife, Margaret's favorite nephew, also designs a teddy bear, which is a really cool looking bear and was very popular. And somebody in America ordered 3,000 of them um, to sell throughout the United States. And so these two incidents happened both at the same time. And that's why we have these kind of crossed wires as to the origin of the teddy bear and how did the Stifes get involved in it. Teddy bear, Teddy's bears, hard to say, just became really popular. And so somebody bought a bunch of the Stife dolls to bring over and sell under that same moniker, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, interesting, but not as interesting as the fact that the television set was patented by two different men on the same day. That is interesting. Yeah, isn't that cool? Like, two different guys just completely had the idea for TV sets and how they would work and function. And one guy got there first and he got the patent. And I forget if it's Edison or not, but that happened. Edison did that a lot too. I think the light bulb was patented on the same day too by two different guys. Huh. Um, but I think Edison also was like a bit of a industrial spy, like hired people. But don't let me disparage Tom Alvis Edison on this Robert the Doll episode. Um, Okay, let's see. So, yeah, so uh, so that's kind of that. And then, you know, the, again, these these ideas that uh, Robert the Doll inspired Chucky now. Um, and let's see here. I will finish this off, so to speak, with 
um, David Sloan, who was the guy who uh, did a bunch of research around Robert the Doll and um, set, it explains how Robert the Doll came to be a popular exhibit at the museum, right? Because the museum didn't just put the doll up and say, haunted doll, this is scary. So the local people in Key West knew about Robert's haunted reputation. And David Sloan had a ghost tour company and he would tell people, hey, go to the museum and ask to see this doll, which is in storage right now because they haven't finished creating an exhibit around childhood, but you can get in and see this haunted doll. And people started showing up and the museum was like, oh, we should do something with this, right? Which is what they did. So to quote David Sloan, I started the first ghost tour in town and one of the first in the country. I told everyone who came on my tour to go to the Fort East Martello and ask to see Robert. Enough people were asking, they decided to put him on permanent display. The doll's a natural star, and the spirits that accompany him are worthy of a visit, too. Hundreds of people see him every day now. It's pretty cool that I helped to make this happen. Good job, Robert. I mean, David. Good job, David. Good job. Well, good job, Robert. And good so, job, Robert. Robert always does a good job. Oh, absolutely. Robert no question. <laughs> so, so when we were talking about like, oh, what should we do? What should we do? And I'm like, oh, let's have something fun and light and blah. Like the Robert the Doll thing uh, came up. And so I was watching a documentary, one of those ghost, uh, ghost expedition kind of things where 100%. Uh, and they're all the same. Everybody gets freaked out by the slightest shadow that moves. Everybody can feel some demon that's crawling up the stairs yeah. to come and get. And hey, me too, which is why I don't watch those things because I get scared easily. Um, and so, um, so there was this woman who was apologizing to Robert the doll on camera, and I was like, "Oh, this might be a good apology to critique or examine." So why don't I video it? And I opened up my phone camera. And pointed at the TV set because I was like, I'm going to videotape this so I have an accurate, right, you know, verbatim thing to transcribe. Cool. And then uh, you sent me a text and I don't remember what you said, but <laughs> I was so scared that by the text that popped up that I accidentally hit the uh, camera button on my phone <laughs> and it took a picture of my TV set, which had Robert the doll on it. So I'm thanking you. <laughs> Your fault for all the bad luck that has come in my way. Did you way. apologize to Robert? I totally did apologize to Robert. Um, okay, good. And um, better safe than sorry. Like, would I apologize to Robert the doll if it cost me money? Yeah, <laughs> depending on how much. I mean, not 500 bucks, but five. Yeah. Yeah. Five bucks you would. Yeah. So the interesting thing about this legend around Robert is that now it's grown and it includes people who, who look at pictures of Robert without permission. So right. the internet is full of apologies to Robert for just looking at his picture without permission. So I'm very careful not to look at too many pictures of Robert and to apologize to Robert if I see a picture of him. Well, but, um, I'm just going to say this. I find that concept a little interesting and challenging, right? Because <laughs> you mean you don't believe it? So hold on, okay? Because I know how crazy this sounds, but this this is important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you have to be in the same room with Robert for Rob. Oh God, I am setting myself up so hard here. Um, no, Robert the doll is omnipotent. And knows all. No, 
know. I just don't understand how if you look at a photo online of Robert the doll and then you say something terrible, right? How does the doll know? He just does. I don't know. He just does. (laughs) That's my thing. That's why. That's why (laughs) I find that unreasonable. But it's perfectly reasonable. (laughs) But it's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) It stacks up the world in a way that I understand it. If you're in a room with a haunted doll, the doll can obviously see you. Sure, you. sure. Right, I don't know. Room. I think if you even think about Robert, that you should probably apologize. <laughs> <laughs> did they tell you in Catholic school that if you even think about selling your soul to the devil, that means you did it? They told us that. Oh, wow. I think a little more effort's required than that. Because the minute you tell somebody, <laughs> don't think about a white elephant, everybody's thinking it's about exactly a white right. elephant. I mean, everybody in that classroom obviously sold themselves to the devil at that very moment. So it's just ridiculous. But I mean, I, I think about that a lot, surprisingly. <laughs> hey, fair enough. I mean, I'm not going to laugh at your fear of the devil and disbelief in God because, you know, same. I'm afraid of the devil. I don't believe in God. And I don't believe in the devil, but I'm not going to sell my soul to him. Well, I, I'm not crazy. Right. See, everybody's got a limit. And so if I set up some black candles and started doing some voodoo stuff to transmigrate your soul from your body to Satan directly, right? I think gonna, I'd be okay with that, actually. If you did it, I'll that'd, be, that'd be fine. Let's, let's <laughs> I'd be like, why are you going to all this trouble? Are you mad at me? <laughs> Um, yeah i saw those same those same things about um oh i looked at a photo of robert the doll and now my life is terrible maybe your life was just headed in that direction but if you want to blame the doll maybe these are coincidences could they be i don't know but one guy took three pictures without permission and then his camera stopped working all his pictures that he'd taken on his key west vacation disappeared and then when he got home from vacation he started hearing strange noises in the night so i don't know i think that's unarguable well, I agree. It is we cannot argue that a crazy person had some bad things that happened to him, <laughs> and that he made more crazy. I saw one um, on the I don't remember what it was like ghost tour, ghost diary uh-huh. TV show things. Some guy named Zach Blah. Who, I know a lot of like paranormal listeners would be like that's Zach Baggins and that's the thing. And but yeah. I don't care. I don't. I don't yeah. watch those shows on purpose because. They're boring and they are fake and they are made to be, it's like wrestling. You know, I don't care about the storylines of Mega Mountain doesn't like Mountain Man or whatever. Fuck it. It's stupid. It's boring. Um, but there was one where the woman, a woman on vacation in Key West had gone in to see Robert the Doll and a man was standing behind her and he said something about how silly it was that a grown man would play with a doll or whatever. And... She felt Robert the doll's curse move through her and hit the man, but she also picked up some of the curse, right? And for like the next couple of months, her life was really shitty. And she talked about like how she broke her back. Um, she had a car, she had, well, she had a car accident, like it. I forget all the bad things that happened to her, but like she had a car, she had two car accidents in the same day, right? And then later she fell down some stairs and 
broke her back. She lives on a boat and her office is down the stairs. Into the, and I immediately like, you live on a boat? Can I find out about this boat you live on? And how do you live on yeah. a boat, right? But yeah. they didn't even go into the interesting part of this. Uh, um, she fell down. She hurt her back, blah, 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 blah. Her life had been really bad. So she's come back to apologize to Robert in person on TV. Wow. I mean, I'm sorry. That's make some commitment. friends. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. How much attention do you need? I wouldn't be, I will be apologizing to Robert the doll soon. Right? Of course. And probably a few times today. Um, Naturally. Why do I start now? Hey, Robert, this is all in fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, so- the woman who is the curator of the museum, whose name is or, or was, I don't know if she still is, Corey Convertito, says she's never had a bad experience with Robert. And she said, it's always been a very basic relationship. And I have a job to do and I go and do it. And whether there's something to it or not, he just allows me to get on with my job. So that's, that's her. And she should know. So she seems pretty pretty um straightforward about everything she does seem very straightforward about everything and so as as i well okay right so she's very straightforward about everything but she does allow that Rob, she can't say if robert the doll is haunted or not yeah she doesn't right? know if there's something to it or not she, right, you know, exactly. it could be could be not but, but she's never had any bad experiences some of what she says suggests that yeah he is right uh, <laughs> because that's her paycheck and the right. Auto Family Home, which is now the Artist B and B, yeah, you know, they will also tell you that like they're the haunted B and B, and that yeah. uh, uh, Annette Otto, Jean's wife, haunts the house. She appears in her wedding dress in one of the bedrooms, right? But she's very peaceful and very happy. They don't talk a lot about Robert the doll. Um, surprised because Robert the Doll's the scary, oh. <laughs> um, and also he's not in the house. So, would you stay in the attic room at the artist's house? Oh, yeah, totally. You would, so, right? Like, I I love old houses, and yeah. I love the feeling around old houses. Now, would I stay in the house alone in that room? No, no, okay. I will not. Right. But would okay. I stay in that room with other people in the house and would I leave the lights on all night long? Yes, I would. <laughs> I, I would. wouldn't do it because I, I would just think that any noise that happened in the middle of the night would freak me out. So I wouldn't want to go through that. I would just want to stay in a different room. <laughs> so well, I wouldn't be freaked out. can walk through walls. So if it's going to come uh, visit you, it's going to come visit all you. All right. I'm, I'll stay in a different B&D. Okay. There, there you go. Right. Um, no offense to Robert. Oh, he's not there. I mean, yeah. Uh, He might care care about it though. He's that's his that's his childhood home. That's a that's an interesting way to phrase it. (laughs) (laughs) It it is. He's 117 years old now. 115 this year. 100. Well, I mean, math again is an inexact science. We will have that T-shirt printed up for everybody later. That Um, would be a great T-shirt. (laughs) <laughs> I so would many. wear it everywhere. <laughs> um, um, so do some, you have any apologies? Well, actually, I have Who's a couple of quick now? letters to Robert. Oh, good. Um, yes, let's do it. They're very short. Very short, very, um, very interesting. Okay. So here's an example <laughs> of some of the apology letters that Robert gets. These are the sort of, these are the examples. I just said it. Why do I have to re-explain it? I don't know because I'm dumb. <laughs> um Robert, I just wanted to let you know that I, unlike my friends, have total respect for you. Have total respect for you. (laughs) (laughs) When I questioned your powers last fall, I missed my flight from Miami and nearly missed an important court date. 
this weekend when I realized my tragic, when I related my tragic tale to my friends, they openly questioned whether you even existed. Well, I mean, it's in a fucking glass box. <laughs> I know. All right. Of course he exists. Much less your powers of revenge. Well, the next day, one of them had a flat tire. No, had a flight tire, according to this letter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sick. So I'm not dyslexic. It's that this person can't type. Um, and others were trapped in traffic on Interstate 90. I mean, come Something on. Something that never happens. Right. Oh, my God. Perhaps <laughs> Normally, no way. That was just never. On Interstate 90? No one uses that. How could there be traffic? <laughs> Perhaps now they understand. I fervently hope they will cease their mockery. It sounds like somebody <laughs> really wants some bad shit to happen to their friends. <laughs> Maybe even some will venture to your wonderful home and pay you a friendly visit. In the meantime, let me just say that I appreciate your attenuation of Tropical yeah. Storm Fay. Okay. I, th yeah. I thought they were trying to say attention. Um, oh. And hope that other denizens of key west are appropriately grateful sincerely chris of illinois please say hello to elena for me robert you are an inspiration you are my hero i have created my own robert the doll and he watches tv with me in my chair at night my wife and children do not understand me my robert the doll is the only one who listens i don't know what i would do without robert the doll your friend jimmy that's um, pretty creepy yeah i mean hi jimmy and then uh, <laughs> this one, this one's from a kid and there's a drawing and it's adorable. And I don't know, it might, it might be Instagram worthy. Dear Robert, I love visiting you. There was so many cool and interesting things at your museum, but you were the best exhibit out of everything. <laughs> You were so cool. I've always wanted to see you in real life. I'm such a big fan. I have Robert everything. I have a t-shirt, a postcard, a bunch of pictures. A bunch of pictures? Did anyone tell you? <laughs> and a Robert doll. <laughs> By the way, thank you so much for letting me take your picture. I have a lot of respect for you, but some people don't, and they deserve the bad things that happened to them. <laughs> Your biggest fan, Psyche. And then there's a drawing. It's a pretty good drawing of Robert with his uh, Leo the Lion. And an arrow pointing Psyche? at it. Psyche. P-S-Y-C-H-E. Okay. Wow. Psyche. Okay. Psyche. Psyche, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I'm going to say, not a surprise that somebody named Psyche is writing a letter to a haunted doll. But um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So there, I've, that's, uh, that's everything I uncovered about Robert the doll. Awesome. That was a good topic. It was a fun it. topic. And so rating now those apologies. No, I have apologies. to go to QS to visit. Yeah, what's your uh, apology? Oh, well, oh no, we need to rate say, these like, apologies. How sincere is an apology if you're being punished and you just want your oh, punishment to good end? point. You have right? to be punished to apologize. That's not good. That's your not good. Your apology should be free, free will. Right. So I like that Robert the Doll teaches people about respect and yes. about... Um, about the importance of mm, allowing for gender fluidity, shall we? I mean, that's a big stretch there, but let's say I appreciate that Robert the Doll doesn't hold people to gender norms because he was friends with a little boy who played with a doll. Oh, okay. All right. The end. Uh, I wrote that up pretty nicely. That. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I, I would give these as apologies. As a little boy who played with dolls, I totally thought about that. Really? Well, I mean, Barbie and their heads popped off, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing with dolls. 
I'm just, I'm just, I just surprised you travel back in time and be my neighbor. I know, I know, I know. Well, how did your mother feel about it? (laughs) (laughs) She never knew I played with them in the closet at night. No, um, (laughs) I didn't play with them like it was my life, but you know, I would play with dolls. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, it was a non-issue in my house, but um, yeah, I mean. She had other things to worry about, like paying the bills. Right. That's right. how your mother always struck me as someone who is primarily concerned with getting her, getting, getting to the day-to-day business of life. Staying alive. Yeah. 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 Yep. I don't think I've met her more than once, but. Uh, well, you have a very accurate read because that, was, <laughs> that is, that remains my soul. Yeah. Like if you stripped everything off of me, that would yeah. be the core that holds me up. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So, okay. Who's sorry now, right? Who's I sorry am. Now? I'm going to start. How are you sorry? I have a sincere apology to make to Robert the doll. If we said anything that offended you or if I doubted your powers or if I came off as mocking in any way, please know that I am an idiot because I am apologizing to a haunted doll on national, international podcast. Right. Global podcast. That's us. Global. Yes. And my apology. I mean, how could I have any other apology than I'm sorry, Robert? Um, I'm sorry if I offended you in any way. It was not my intention. And uh, I'm glad to know about you. And I will come visit you in Key West and apologize in person one day. Oh, me too. I'm glad to have learned much more um, factual information about Robert the doll. Yeah. Yes. So there we go. There we are. All right. Great. And uh, just think we were going to do the IRA. I mean, <laughs> what could have gone wrong with that one? We're both I such giant chickens. If we were going to do the IRA, we would have to study it for years in order to even approach Meh. doing it justice. Meh. That's what, maybe not. Do it? No. Uh. <laughs> I, I'm afraid to do it without studying it carefully. So I don't know that we're going to be getting to that anytime soon. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to do a Pope apology or something, I'm totally down for that. Uh, we will see what wonderful apology we uncover and uh, friends, fans, I'm not going to say friends because I love that word so much. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Shit Creek, for having created it. Um, yeah, we've uh, we've tackled some very serious topics um, and there's been a lot going on politically and racially in the U.S. And just kind of looking okay. at our feed, it's like. A racial apology, a political apology, a law apology, a law apology. Yeah. So we've been trying to um, lighten things up as as the world moves back to normal. Um, who knows? Oh, what is we'll, that what we're doing? Okay, cool. Is the world moving back to normal, or we're? No, I mean we're, we're lightening up as the world moves back to normal. I mean, well, I mean, not to say that like we won't take on a serious um, apology, <laughs> but there's just been so many, so many. Yeah. Yeah. But things are, are, are shaping up a little bit better now. Everything's coming up millhouse, as the saying goes. So we should be good. What um, the heck? That's a Simpsons saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, I have never, ever, ever heard that. Yeah. Well, sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what can you do? You can't know every expression <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but you can know right. every haunted doll yes and goodbye Robert thank you 
and we're sorry. Goodbye, Robert. Thank you. And yes, we were sorry. And Juliet made fun of you before the show began. I hope you heard it. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Okay, goodbye. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at apologiesaccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>